So we're going to talk to you two, baby, about exactly what it is like to be A, a fan, and B, in a tribute band. Mm. And C, living the life in some sort of way of yeah. your idols, yeah, as well. Walking in their shoes. Well, quite literally, really. The guy who just walks in who looks like Adam, he's wearing Adam's shoes, so yeah. He's not stolen. <laughs> Um, so that's what's going to happen, and inter- uh, you'll, you'll hear some music as well throughout this podcast. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a little bit different from what we normally do. Yeah. Look forward to sitting down with the guys, and I'll be with you in just a couple of moments. Introduce yourselves. Yeah, I'm Rick. And you are singer. Budget Bono. Yeah, Budget Bono, singer. Please use your Twitter names because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one of my favourite things about oh, Twitter. Not, oh, <laughs> yeah. What are you? This is Simon. Yeah, I haven't got a Twitter handle because I don't yeah. use Twitter. Well, economy age. Economy age. Weren't you, you, were, you were on there at one point. Was I? Well, you've got a yeah. Facebook page. Oh, yeah, I've got a Facebook page. Economy uh, Edge. Economy, yeah. economy Budget Bono, Economy Edge, and. Low cost Larry. Low cost Larry, fantastic. Hey, 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 John. John. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Affordable Adam has gone away somewhere. So it's away. We're getting back in. Flouncing around he's, the kimono he's, somewhere. I think he's, he's getting into character. He's, he's in character, he's at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first thing I wanted to ask you guys, we've just sat through, um, sat through is an awful way of describing We've really enjoyed. <laughs> we had to sit through it as well. <laughs> really enjoyed. Well, John definitely did. Um, really enjoyed the sound check. It sounds on point, fantastic. But the thing that I was really curious about, as someone who. I've never seen a tribute band before. It's literally the first time I've ever really? seen one. Yeah, and and it's all 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 good from you know from from me. Um, but what I wanted to ask is, when you listen to new YouTube music, do you listen first as a fan or as that's gonna be difficult to replicate? That guitar sounds gonna be hard to get. That vocal or you know drum sound or I suspect we might have all, all different answers on this. So we might as well whiz around it. I listened as a fan first. Yeah. Um, and I remember when Songs of Experience came out. And there was that leaked version. Maybe we shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, but we, I listened to that and thought. And then the secondary thing is, oh, which of these would work for a live performance? Yeah. What's going to Because at through? that point you haven't heard you two play them live. Yeah. Um, so you're thinking which ones are really going to work for the live show? That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Pretty similar, apart from the fact that I have, um, as I was saying earlier, um, sort of forum groups that I work with on guitar sounds. Yeah. And, and you sort of sometimes hear an album and it's, like you say, how is that going to sound live? Just there aren't any guitars in it, is what people are sort of moaning about or whatever the first day it comes and, out. And you've got a Dallas and, and around to help you out exactly. with everything. And, and, then, and, then, and then suddenly you hear it live and you go, that's where the guitars are. Yes. So the, the live 
versions of the songs are sometimes incredibly different for the album versions. Mm. So and that, that's, a, that's a really critical point to make as well, which is that we copy live versions. Yes. So at that point, when new music comes out, we haven't really got something to copy. Yeah. Um, we might well start working on a song. In fact, Blackout, I think we did off the album track before we heard it live. But that's yeah. a weird song because it sounds live and they very much presented yeah. that as a sort of hybrid yeah, the video it seemed like a live yeah. performance but I know what you mean though all the little inflections particularly vocally um, they have to be taken from live personalities in the first place, I can't quite work it out, but yeah, no, it seems to flow along that way. But we yeah. will have a, a very good discussion. Did you find that that came easy to you? You'll have to ask him. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're brothers as well, this is the other thing. Yeah. We are actually brothers. Oh, so wow. So it's like true brotherhood. Thing, I bet that's testing. Sometimes, it can be fun. Um, uh, so, um, the, the, the thing that happens is we, we decide what we're going to do and then I, I go and do a lot of pre-production um, pre-production work uh, because we play like you two do to click tracks um, and, and any orchestration or anything else that has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. So we so have to decide on a version, yeah. we then have to, uh, if it's a live version sometimes they're not in time and you know you have to work all that through. There's a lot of pre-production work to be done on any of the tracks that we get. So just to clarify that, so the stuff you guys hear of when you get an IEM mix, yeah. you can hear the, you know, chorus two, three, four stuff and the clicks behind it and the good mixes that people get out of the IEM, yeah. so that's what we're hearing on our like, mini setup. Yeah. So we've got all of that going on behind the scenes as well to try and get as close to how they play. Because if the timing's wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Edge here, um, <laughs> the delays are going to be out and it won't sound right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, oh, Mr. Ash has appeared. We, we've just been talking about AKA yeah. Adam, hey. affordable Adam, yeah. has just arrived. How are you doing? Yes, not so bad. Are you okay? You. So we've yeah. just asked um, the first question, which was when you listen to a new U2 record, yeah. do you listen first as a fan or as somebody that soon has to replicate this music? 
difficult. It's, it's, it's a kind of combination of the both because I, I want to know whether I'm going to like it. Yeah. Um, There's also probably playing a song that you don't actually feel and enjoy. Yeah. Well, I've made a career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but not in this band, I hasten to add. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to the actual Adam Clayton. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I always like to listen to things and I like, I like to hear what's going on there and I like to. I'm always, whenever I listen to anything, not just YouTube, but any music, my my thoughts are about how I'm going to make that work with the way I play it. Okay. So then we spend a lot of money. So then we spend a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So um, just to come off that question, which song took the the most amount of time and effort for you guys to go? Okay, okay now I want to play this. When I started doing this, which was a little way before we actually decided to really do this as a full piece and really try hard, yeah. I tried to learn how to play strings. It took me two and a half years to get that riff. Yeah. Right. Because it's so I'm, specific. I'm still trying for ultraviolet. Well, I can't so, get it. It's so specific. Time and actually, it's all about it just being what it is yeah. and not trying too hard and it being right. Mm. But to actually get it right, it took me two years. Two years. So that's the level of effort that has to go in to, to get these sounds. Yeah, <laughs> two minutes. Okay, so there must be there must be a song. <laughs> there must be a song where you you know you, you, you heard it on the record and oh god, this is a single. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do this. Is, is, does that song exist for you? Well, it's been the ones like Simon said about the pre-production thing. So when we find a live version, I'll find a live version. I think that is the one we want to do. And then he'll listen to it and goes, oh, yeah, it's an iconic one. It's played in the 80s. They weren't playing to click tracks. They were just playing. And it was true, you know, rock and roll stuff. And he goes, well, the timing's like flowing back and forth. We can't copy it without creating something new to run off the back of. And Cat Dark goes from a certain speed up to about 40 BPM faster and then slows down again at the end. Right. And if you're going to coordinate things like visuals and all these kinds of things to make a production like people expect... But yeah. you're better musicians than the 18-year-old kids that were playing that music. When they started, they were playing that they couldn't play well. Yeah. Well, from watching the film, the video from the time, I kind of tend to agree with them. <laughs> yeah. But that's what made well, the, the energy. energy. Yeah. 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 That's the word. Absolutely. And, it, and this is what comes down for us, and, and I'm sure Phil over there will agree as well, is when people come to these gigs, We've been seeing a lot of bands, you know, whether it's covers, bands, tributes, whatever. You can hear a song that sounds okay, yeah. and you can look at someone that looks great, whether they're you know, dressed up in their you know, covers band outfit or a tribute band that's trying to replicate the look of it. But if you don't get that hair on the back of the neck moment, you don't get the moment of disbelief where you think, suddenly I thought, you know, it looked right. Yeah. The feeling bit that connects you to the music, and we just did a video, it's all about connection to the sound. And that for us is what it is. It's, it's that moment of them going, do you know what, I felt something, as opposed to just listen to the mechanics yes. of us yeah. playing through it. So, so some of the versions going back to the production as well, um, it's not just us that's done it. We've had other people work with us to do it. So I've got a friend called Tim Hines in Newcastle who's a guitarist, but he also plays keyboards and all the rest of it. So he actually put all together all our string section for Lights of Home yeah. and, and all the um, other ones that thinking of um, every breaking way yeah. anything that's so, got like subtle string parts yeah. behind it so we, we went and replicated the, um, the BBC version they did at Christmas 
and that's such a strong version yeah. so passionate you can tell that it's hitting the audience so why not base it from that particular version and get that, get that sound um, I'd like to ask you guys when when this started in its earliest incarnation so the very earliest incarnation is yeah. uh, I think 1999 or something when I tried to do uh, I started doing stuff in the garage to record some demos to try and find a guitarist and I found a guitarist and he played the stuff but like I'm saying about the you know the, the feeling bit it sounded like the songs but it didn't for me sound like the edge yeah and so I gave up so we where, did a couple where, of gigs. Where was Simon then? Simon's still my brother, but yeah. <laughs> he wasn't playing U2 stuff. And so I did this thing for a while, I did a couple of gigs in a pub, and there was no, it didn't feel right. Yeah. And I gave up. And then Simon phoned me up about, I don't know how many years later. So basically what happened was I got made redundant. And I had a lot of time on my hands. Yeah. And, and I actually really missed playing live. And so, because I'd been basically playing for myself, um, kind of at home mostly for quite a few years actually. So I missed playing live and I thought, what did I really enjoy doing? And it, we, I remember we played at my school. We played. Um, we tried to play with or without you once. Did we? Yeah. That's ambitious. Well, this is years. That was that was eighties. Was this in high school? Yeah. This is yeah. yeah. So, way before. But this was like a really crappy band at school. And um, I thought that's a really that's something I really could te technically get into. It was the technical part of it that interested me. So I started working on, on as you say, the sound. And then I went and started hassling Richard. So he, he phones me up and he says, do you want to do, you want to do that U2 thing again? And I said, oh no, I'm in three, I was in a band with Ash doing weddings. I had three bands on the go. I was doing weddings on the weekends. I said, I don't want to do another one. And, and he said it was a duo again we were going to do. And I said, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sound right. He goes, oh, go on, give it a go. And then he played me what he was doing. And I heard that feel. I got that feeling. And mm. I thought, shit, this really sounds like what I would like to sing to. So we tried it with some backing tracks and stuff. We're recording an interview, mister. <laughs> right, um, we've, got, the we've got fans joining us. The Geordie Twins have appeared. Um, fans of UC Baby, I hasten yeah, to so we So this sound thing happened, and I went, look, let's give it a go. We did it as a duo, we did a festival as a duo, and it was okay. Yeah. You know, but it was just okay. And we said we no, no percussion or bass on or? Yes, but on a backing track. Ah, so obviously you're not getting more. And it was like, these guys are it was like so flat, there was no rock band, there was no energy, yeah. there was no, again, connection to the sound. So John, I found in a local band, I went out to the pubs as you do, and I saw him play, and he was playing really well, and I thought, oh, I'll ask him. And, it, you know, he wasn't particularly a fan of you two in those days. And he said, oh, I'll come along, give it a go. And I remember it rehearsed, he dropped his drumstick picked it back up and kept the beat going I thought I want him in the band <laughs> um, so that was his joining and then we had another bassist for a while and he got he was a session musician contributed some really valuable things to the backing tracks like on mysterious ways he played some stuff with a sugar pot and a bottle uh, literally popping the bottle to make um, noises and things like that um, and we've still got those on our backing tracks but I didn't believe they were gonna sound any good they did um, but he had to leave because he couldn't do the travel um, so I phoned up Ash and said, we need a bassist. Um, and Ash joined the band and that's how we ended up yeah. as a four person. And Ash, you weren't a fan of that. You weren't really a big fan of U2 before this, were you? No, but he's bought into it since. I am. He's bought into it since. I certainly have. So I really want to ask you, why U2? With everybody else, I mean, you could have done a Queen tribute. 
you could have done a David Bowie tribute. It's easy for me. You could have done anything. You could do, um, what's it, um, yeah. Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah, I, get, yeah. I get Billy why Idol, I get Sting. Why easy for me, because I used to listen to them when I was, you know, 15 years old in my bedroom. It was, the ba- it was my band, isn't it? That's what I listened to. Because, yeah, so basically I listened to it as oh, well. Are you the younger brother? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> no, I have this. I have my, my brother and my sister, uh, 10 and 8 years older than me, right? So I know all of Ronan Keating's songs. I also know all of Oasis songs because their bedrooms were next door. So I, I, I'm sandwiched between Ronan Keating and Oasis. So I completely, I completely yeah, understand yeah. so, but, but, but how, how this all, all went through in osmosis. Not, not just that. There was that connection. So I love music. I mean, I'm an actor. And you can really get into Edge's sound on such a deep technical level. And I mean, which era are you going to begin with? What sort of things are you going to do? Yeah. What, one thing I was going to ask you is, and this might be a bit of, bit of a guitar nerdy kind of thing. Yeah. Well, obviously, it applies to all the band. Um, it's but, time for guitar talk, everybody. Yeah. This is a regular feature on review too. Yeah. Well, um, so tune out for the next five minutes or so if you're not like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> was was there was there something that you were a sound that you were really trying to nail for a long time, and it was difficult to get? Because I remember trying to get particular things. Yeah. Was there anything that you thought, oh, I've cracked it, and it took yeah. a long time to get? I, I think the, the sound of, well, what I say is the, the clarity of the Edge's notes, yeah. but the power yeah. of his notes. And that connected with the delay. Yeah. And I've actually got um, on SoundCloud a, a, a 15 minute recording of me just messing around with delays. <laughs> it's actually all the same delay. It's all different songs. Sounds like, but I will probably end up listening to and, that. And it's just that ambience of the delay. Yeah. And just working that out. In the, it, because the delays have a modulation effect yeah. to them after the... So it's only the delay that gets modulated, which starts to give it that sound. Yeah. Let's let's tag low cost Larry in. Uh, why why you two? Stop talking to the ladies, Larry. <laughs> why you two? That's a very good question. Uh, because Rick asked me. Did you say there was someone in your life that liked you two and then told you you didn't like you two? Oh, uh, or was that something we shouldn't? Talk yeah, we don't about? talk about no. that. No, 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 I don't think that. No, no, no. It was a long, long time ago, wasn't it? But is there something about the way Larry plays that you like to replicate? You have said that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really underrated. Some of the stuff he plays, and from a... I saw a video a few weeks ago that said, oh, he, 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 he kind of taught himself to play in this way. I, I don't... That's what he says. That's, you know, that's what he says. That's what he means. But he can plays the beat wherever he wants to. He plays an accent wherever he wants to. And from that level of technicality, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to replicate some of the things he plays. And he just does that with absolute ease. And he's in absolute control. So it's fantastic. And in fact, the first, the reason I do it is actually because 
Rick's Army playing in another band doing the YouTube song. He said to me after he said, I like what he did. He fancy giving this a go. And I said, Absolutely. And hold that thought because the same thing applied to this man. Because, like you said, when he started, it wasn't really a YouTube fan, I'm talking about Ash and you're on the face. When he first Ash, asked me, okay, you said, Adam, I said no. You did say no. Yeah. And, then, and then he started playing the songs, and I remember you going, Oh, this will be easy. Yeah. And then a few months in, you went, Do you know what? This guy, Adam Clayton, is playing some really, really interesting stuff. The, th the thing is, is with Adam's bass, and I get it all the time, oh, that must be the easiest gig in the world, and, um, you know, that he can't play the bass. Um, technically, is he a good bass player? Yeah, not really. But, but what he does, he does exceptionally well, and he plays all the wrong way around. So to replicate it and make it sound, I mean, you see a lot of people and they just sit there and they do it all with their fingers. And, but so do you have to untrain yourself? I have, I have completely rechanged. I, I mean, I play up like this normally. I'm not a funk player. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all that. But now, around my knees, I've taught myself to play with a pick. He's right-handed. I'm left-handed. And so I've had to change the way I stand. This brings this full circle to this why you two, because you two is four people doing stuff that if you listen to it in isolation. All sounds a bit odd. Yeah. yeah. And we did this thing once. We took our stuff that we played and did a mix of the broadcast where we were kind of dissecting you too. It was our stuff playing. And we took out the bass, drums, and just had the guitar. Sounded great. Took off the delays and heard it without it. Put on the delays. Sounded great. Start to add the vocals, the bass, the drums in. It's all layers of stuff that connects. Yeah. And that's when you get the feeling with it. And without that, without these guys individually looking to do their bits and copy their bits so it all fits together, I don't think it sounds right. So that's for me the other why you too is that it's four people contributing to something that is the, you know, the sum of the parts type. And I think that's the difference between a band playing U2 songs and a proper tribute. I like to think of it as more of it as a replica than a tribute because we've all put in so much effort to get it right you know, and taking ourselves out of our normal comfort zones of play. I mean, it's like with Gloria, it's got like the slap solo of Gloria, and it is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I mean, really appalling. It's my favourite baseline ever, but yeah. right. But it, but it's terrible. Yeah. It's wrong. There's, there's so much wrong with it. I can't, I'm not going to explain it to you. Yeah. So I, I said, I'm only going to play it if I can put a proper slap solo. Right. Yeah. Didn't work. Didn't work. I had to play his. his Weird. Because it's not in front Yeah, exactly. Do you think you could join a chic tribute band now? Yes. You still could. Oh, you, absolutely. Even though you've on a, you. Yeah, but you could ask him any question. He'll say yes to it. <laughs> right. Well, okay. well okay. You, you have to remember that that last weekend, Saturday, I was being you too. Friday, I was playing in, in a bunch of band playing fun. Did you hear that? He wasn't just being Adam. He was being you too. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> yeah, that's what he thinks. That's why Simon says he says yes to everything. <laughs> Can we I, take the point. Can I ask about um, like the balance that you guys have to strike between what you really want to do in terms of because uh, it's, it's accepted that we're, we're all big U2 fans around here. So when Tyler and I go to watch gigs as, as non-performers, we're excited for the ones that we, we think, oh, that's special, that's rare, that's interesting. When I heard Acrobat for the first time live at Manchester, blew my mind. Was when Pride came on, I was like, okay, fair enough, it's Pride, it's all right. So. How do you guys? It's one of the biggest areas of interesting debate because, right, as Richard yeah. said, he does tend to choose the sets. Oh, okay. So, so follow us in so, charge. So, as so there has been in the past a question, which is, this gig we're going to go and do, it's not really a fan gig. Yeah. So we must play the hits. Right. Yeah. 
we can't play any of the really old stuff. Yeah. Are we going to get Ito Akashi tonight? That's all. That's what I'm really what, interested. That? Are we going to get Ito Akashi off um, no. passengers? Uh, Johnny, right, you, you are going to get Acrobat. <gasps> Fantastic. Right, I'm here. I'm back again. Simon says, really interesting debate. So we made a list of the hits, that was easy. Yeah. We then had some other songs that we liked. Right? Simon and I put them into the thing. We then had some other ones that these guys heard and stuff. But then we got to a point where we had so many songs that we know, I and mean, we're up to like 70, 80 songs now, and there's another 20 or 30 good ones still to go. Um, so I did this thing called the Unforgettable Set List Survey. And I sent it out. We had about 400 YouTube fans worldwide respond to this thing. And it came up with a grid that said, you two should play these songs less, play these songs more, That's a very dump smart these move. ones, yeah. and here's ones that, you know, we're not bothered about type thing. Very interesting, the next um, tour's content, shall we say. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Now, I don't think they saw our survey, but I think they are very much in touch with their fans. Yeah. yeah. And they have picked up on this thing that people are going, you know, we've heard these things over and over again. You've got a lot of people go to the same shows over and over again. Um, and, you know, if you're going to go to shows over and over again, then you're going to hear the same songs. But they listened to their fans and they played some stuff that we haven't heard for years. And they yeah. played some stuff like you've never heard, yeah. you know. And this survey backed that up. And it, we've used that survey to create this unforgettable set list, which we can now play every song off. Um, and we've now got, we've actually done all that. So we've now our next challenge for January is to now do, we're going to do another survey, um, which we'd love you guys to promote as well. We to time yeah. scales. <laughs> you said January, you heard it first, January. In, in January we'll, we'll want to do another survey, and if you guys can help push it out, yeah. we're going to put down a short list of all the other things we're considering, and we want to get the fans' opinion, which will then put the band's opinion on top of as well, to help us work out what the next ten songs that you guys want to hear when you come to see so, I mean, I mean, I want to vote already for Heartland. It's on the list. Let's just, you know, two hearts beat as well. That's I, on the I, list. I, I'm so... I, 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 I want to hear the songs that I've never yeah. heard before. But that, that's the territory we're now into. So yeah. those sort of songs are, that are on that list. Well, Tarzan is it? Rejoice and Like a Song will be from that. Yeah, the sort of songs that are on that list. Can, can I ask, um, on that sort of note of, you know, these songs and popularity and things like that, um, What's one that never fails, and also what's one that you tried out and thought we're not going back to that, or maybe that didn't work? This is no comment on you too, obviously. It's just in terms of what. Can happened. I also add to that one you haven't yet done but would love to? So, so three, it's interesting. That three, yeah. The one that worked for us, and okay. we all think I think I think we all quite like, but fans keep telling us they hate. <laughs> is get on your boots. Yeah, bin it off. Well, we have. I like it. I like it. I like it. We have, but when we played it, we really liked it. So get rid of it. But we get that time and time again. So that has diminished in its um in its frequency. Johnny knows this story. Imagine being 18 years old in college, right? You've told everybody for two years that your favourite band is U2, and the first new song, the first new song that they bring out, 
in that time frame is get on your boots and you've got to turn around to everybody in a college and say, yeah, you two are the best band on the planet. Listen to get on your boots. They could have given me anything and they gave me get on your boots. <laughs> but that is okay, it's unforgivable. Time and time again, that's what we hear from people. So it did. The crowd pleaser wise, yeah. the streets. Yeah. 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 And it's the same for the band. Yeah. I mean, I sat at the back of... Um, uh, the O2 Arena, having been at the front a few days before, and I have never seen an audience in the seats watch a performance, and when that song came on, they stood yes. up for the band. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're going to replicate that tonight in the Woodley Arms, um, I think. Not that, not that we'll be playing it tonight, but the thing that we found had a... Even watching the video of it, an emotional connection was doing running to standstill into street zoo TV version, oh, yeah. which we were copying exactly. Yeah. And we included the transition that's the sound of the, all the, you know, but that's what a, and stuff an average U2 TV band wouldn't, wouldn't do, you yeah. know, they wouldn't understand that. So they wouldn't get the, those moments that are absolutely definitive. And it's hard to pull off technically. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, in terms of just the technical behind it to get the synchronization of it. Yeah. But when we did it, I mean, Phil was there, yeah? the, the feeling in the audience, I mean, we were lifted off the stage by this, like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? It really was emotional. And even on the video, even though the audio quality is terrible, someone's phone, you can actually feel that reaction. It's amazing. Simon, uh, your songs? Which ones don't? Which ones? <laughs> uh, 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 we, we, we basically asked three questions. We overcomplicated. We don't have to get everyone. Well, but, I think oh, that was yeah. those are the two, that's the band answer. Those right, two. Right, the one okay. you said, what do we want to learn? Uh, that you've never played that you would love to get to say somewhere. Yeah, I would love to do Landslady. Wow. Oh, yeah. Fantastic song. Yeah. Tyler me with that song. Yeah, I was in things. Dublin last year uh, for one of the last shows. And, I was busy. And lo and behold, I get a call, and it's Tyler being like, "Johnny, Johnny." And then I, 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 the I answered the phone. He answered the phone. and went, "Johnny, just shut up and listen." And I held the phone up, and they played him "Landlady" down the phone. Yeah. And, and then they finished, and I went, "Right, see you, bye." See you later. Yeah. <laughs> you want some? Um, Struggling. Doesn't have to be new. Well, no. Um, You've already mentioned Heartland. Yeah. Um, it's a favourite of mine. And it's got that lovely sonic landscape. So, yeah. Ash, I know what you want to do. Salome. Salome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Throw it in tonight, lads. That's fine. We'll, stick it, on yeah. the, we'll stick it on that <laughs> voting list and see what happens. <laughs> Johnny Boy? And, and the one that we tried that didn't work quite, but we were going to is Angel of Heart. We tried it and it just didn't quite work. Think that would be I know why it didn't work though. Yeah. Well, there was no brass? Yeah, yeah. No, it had brass and it was wrong. Midi so brass? Problem is, no, you, need, some you need to get a set of guys oh. in the deep south playing yeah. those drums. Yeah. Or ditch the drums. We'll do a version without horns and it'll be fine. Which is what they did on um, uh, when they did the Slain uh, version of it. Yeah, uh, it's just a stripped down version. And actually, that's another very interesting edge delay. Just, just playing eighth notes. Yeah. That ain't what it's out to It's amazing. Well, guys, I hate to draw this to a close, but you've got to get on stage pretty soon. Yeah. Um, so, thank you very much for sitting down with us. No worries, thank you. It's been um, a long overdue. Listen to podcasts quite a lot, so thanks for the work you guys do. So, thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to be on it. Richard, aka Bonner, Simon, The Edge, Ash, Adam, and John Larry. I look forward to hearing you play, and uh, good luck tonight, man. Lights in front of me, and Jesus, if I'm still your friend, 
Oh, what the hell, what the hell you got for me? I gotta get out from under my bed and see you again. The lights are falling. Hey, I've been waiting to get home a long time. Strains of Lights of Home die away. We'd like to thank you two babies, Ash Barber, John Cooling, Rick Peace, Simon Peace, and of course the sound engineer Matt Rogers. So, Johnny, what did you think of your first ever tribute band experience? I think it all came down to the fact that if you close your eyes, you could imagine it was you two right in front of you. The time they've taken to get that sound down on all fronts, across all the instruments and the vocals, that was really impressive. And they're just a good bunch of guys. Um, really fun to talk to. I had a good night. And yeah, I, they've made they've sold me on tribute bands, which I guess leads us into the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is what upcoming dates uh, U2 Baby have. Yeah. So for the full listings of U2 Baby shows, uh, please visit the official website, which is the U2 Tribute UK dot com. Uh, we would, however, like to mention some uh, special gigs, all of which have a uh, a building reputation as fan community gatherings, uh, and. All of them, having been to some of these, do have a celebra- celebratory, celebratory, mm-hmm. the a celebration, as it were, a celebrationatory feel. Yep, I was making a reference to you two, so I'm going to go on. As was I, as was I. What's a celebratory feel? I was trying to build in a, a, a anyway. This <laughs> anyway. So those those shows in particular are the Cardiff, London, Liverpool, Brighouse, and Blackpool shows. Um, I highly recommend going to those. Uh, I I believe. They will be in Liverpool at the Cavern again in April, and uh, I can't wait to go back, A, to the Cavern, and B, to see you 2 Baby again. And you've also been involved in something to do with the Northside Fan Festival. The Welcome to the Northside Fan Festival. Oh, right. Yeah, well, that was abbreviating. <laughs> yeah, the Welcome to the Northside Fan Festival is now in its fifth year. Uh, this year it'll be U2 44, which is U2's, obviously, 44th uh, anniversary. This year it's going to be a three-day event uh, in Dublin uh, at the Church Bar and Restaurant. Now, there will be three uh, U2 tribute bands over three days from Friday the 25th of September. Mm. You'll have the band The Joshua Tree. On the 26th, you'll have U2 Baby. And on the 27th, you'll have Zuropa. I've seen two of those bands, so I'll hopefully be completing the set in September. But I uh, highly recommend going to that festival uh, if, if you can make the trip. Believe me, you never know who you're going to bump into when you're in Dublin. Mm, so you've had a few uh, a few chance meetings, haven't you, with uh, famous people? Yeah, strangely enough, all from the same family. Um, so, um, Collecting the set. Yeah, so a couple of years ago in, uh, when I was watching the show, the, the actual U2 show, uh, I met Googie. Right. Um, and then uh, this past September, I did meet um, his brother, Andy Rowan. Yep. Um, so I'm hoping to complete the set and get Peter Rowan one of these days. Fingers crossed. Yeah, uh, and I can show him some of the early promo shots of the Review 2 what were you trying Al- to look album like album art? Well, yeah, whereas I, as a o- overweight twenty-five-year-old, uh... took my top off in the in the garden and took my picture against a wall. Yeah, 
Luckily, we went with a more traditional route on that album cover. <laughs> yes, John o v- Johnny vetoed that. So, um, so yeah, that's what's happening. Uh, once again, we'd really like to thank uh, U2 Baby for just such an easy conversation, an easy transaction. Sometimes yep. it's a bit hard when you, you get in two, two different entities to come together. And there's, there's a lot of people involved. There's, there's yep. four members of U2 Baby and two of us. And believe me, just getting me and Johnny in the same place for for one day is a really hard mm-hmm. hard thing to do but yeah thank you to you two baby for making this whole thing very easy and me and johnny both hope you've enjoyed this little conversation yep see you soon see you soon bye bye <laughs>